0: My well-being will always come before the growth of my business. And because my business was built sustainably and not in a rush, like I know I could be making more money right now, but I'm choosing not to because I'm choosing to prioritize my well-being. And that's a conscious choice.
1: Today's guest is Vicki Lewinberger, a digital nomad who escaped the cold Canadian winters to cruise the Caribbean on her sailboat. Vicki's passionate about humans and relationships, which is why her area of genius is creating spaces where people can grow and connect through play. As a multi-passionate entrepreneur, Vicki's been able to fuel her dreams through various streams of income that allow her to live life on her terms and have a lot of fun along the way. All right, let's get into it. I'm your host, Liz Landine, and this is The Outdoor Entrepreneur.
0: Vicki, welcome to the show. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, I feel like I have to start with the most obvious and what I think is the coolest thing, which is the fact that you live on a sailboat. So let's start there. Can you tell us about this home on water of yours? Like, who is she? Does she have a name? Assuming it's a she. Uh, And yeah, tell us about this boat
0: yes love talking about her so this is yellow bird uh, Yellow bird is a 30 feet mono haul uh, she is painted bright yellow so our friends recognize it very easily on the sea. she is actually a Dutch design that was built by Germans in Ontario so she's a Canadian boat <laughs> and uh, she was sailed from Canada all the way down here to the Caribbean
1: so I have only been on a sailboat a few times. I just sailed a few months back from like the LA area to Catalina Island and uh, in California. And it was amazing, I have to say, Uh, but it was scary. Like, I feel like it was so much responsibility and I wasn't even the one sailing the boat. (laughs) I was just a, uh, a guest on it. Tell us about the responsibility of having a boat and like, has there been a really scary moment for you in the past? Okay, yes. Uh,
0: lots to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> lots to say. Uh, first of all, yes, you know, steering a ship is a huge responsibility. It's a responsibility to yourself, to your crew, to your vessel, to other other vessels out at sea. So it's kind of incredible that there's no worldwide certifications or qualifications that you need to have a boat. I find that absolutely fascinating. Like We meet people who have done zero courses and don't have a permit or anything. In Canada, you can get a boating permit in about 4 hours, (laughs) which I don't think qualifies you to be a boat owner, but it's okay. That's the way it is. So it is a huge responsibility and I take it very, very seriously. From the moment where I first failed to me being a boat owner and... There was about four years of preparation of courses, not only courses to navigate safely, but also courses to take care of the boat, right? The maintenance, the diesel mechanic, the electricity, all of that. And as well, courses like my partner and I took communication classes and did some like (laughs) pre-therapy so that we would have better skills once we would be out there at sea. Then... It's a lot of like nervous system regulation because, of course, there are moments where you're thinking, oh my God, am I going to survive this um, when there's bad weather? That's another big thing like weather preparation. We really choose our weather windows well. That's one of the like, most recurrent tips that we receive from older sailors when we ask them like, oh, if you had like one final word of wisdom or if you have one advice to give us, people yeah. often tell us, you know, don't go out in bad weather. Nothing is worth that. Even if you have an appointment, a flight, a friend that you're meeting, like it's never worth going out in a bad seat. Um. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's, let's back up a little bit. So I'd like to
1: hear just kind of what you were doing before you started living on a boat and working for yourself.
0: What, uh, what was life like before you started this part of your journey? And 2019, so I discovered sailing in 2019. And if I bring myself back to that year, I was a full-time teacher in an elementary school. I was in a relationship that was not fulfilling me. And I had a house. And all of that kind of collapsed in 2019. To be honest, I discovered sailing. I separated. Uh, we sold the house. And then I kind of had to reinvent myself. And then I just kind of stayed the course like, decided that sailing was going to be the thing. And then all my actions from that moment on to today were oriented around that dream and that direction.
1: So I have to ask, how did you get into sailing? Were you... Did you grow up sailing at all? Or how, how did you get introduced to that? Because that seems like such a, a big jump for me <laughs> to decide, you know, we're going to get into sailing. I don't know if you grew up by the water or I'm just curious how you made that transition.
0: So I'm definitely a water person. I love like uh, open water swimming. I love to swim in lakes and rivers. I was an artistic swimmer for several, several years. Both my parents are lifeguard. I became a lifeguard as well. So anything surrounding water was definitely my element and a place that I was comfortable in. Also love adventure, obviously. And then, um, no, did not grow up sailing at all. I just went on a charter trip. So a charter trip is when you rent a vessel with a captain for let's say like a week or a two-week vacation. So I did that in the Bahamas in 2019 and I just fell in love with it. Like I remember the day we went spear fishing. So like, it's like underwater hunting, right? Mm-hmm. Caught fresh fish, brought it onto the beach and the captain of the vessel just cut the fish open, like filleted it on a rock. And then we went back to the boat and um, another person on the boat had taken like a sushi class or whatever. He worked at a sushi restaurant. They made fresh sushi out of the fish we just caught. And that was the moment my brain was just like, oh my God. This is the life I want to live. I want to free dive every day. I want to spearfish. I want to sail. I want to. I want to have amazing food that I caught myself while watching the sunset on the water. And that was it. That's when I fell in love, and then never looked back. Mm, oh my goodness, that made my whole heart just like explode.
1: Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that sounds pretty freaking fantastic. And I know when I did that couple of days sailboat trip, I just. I'll never forget. I'll never forget waking up in the morning before anyone else was up. We were kind of anchored and I took the paddleboard in to shore and got some coffee at the little shop, the little town we were, we were um, at in Catalina. And I just remember thinking, wow, like this is a way of life for, for people. (laughs) And this is pretty sweet. Like this is really, I know it comes with a lot of responsibility and I know there's a lot of, other parts to it, but it just felt so good to my soul. So I, I can't imagine living that full time.
0: Oh, it is really a blessing. Honestly, it's just such a beautiful way of life. And I love that it keeps me humble and curious. You know, whenever you think that you know something on the ocean or that you know something about navigation, like your boat will prove you wrong. You don't know anything. <laughs> like the, the sea is just so much stronger than you are. And yeah, I just think this lifestyle just keeps me in a position where I'm I'm always learning, which I didn't feel back home when I was teaching and every day was the same. And I would just get home and wait for the weekends to do something fun, right? Now, every day I get the opportunity to learn the name of a new fish, of a new star, and of a new seashell, <laughs> you know, name it. There's just endless opportunities. Or learn, learn about like a boat part or a diesel mechanic or electricity for boats, like all of that, right? Because cruising is basically just fixing your boat in exotic places. <laughs> um so yeah I'm really grateful yes for like the peace and the connection to nature and the freedom but also for that environment that keeps me growing and that keeps me curious. Mm. So you
1: were teaching before you kind of started this journey how did you then come to be living full time on your boat where you're living working traveling? How did that whole shift happen that you decided you're leaving your
0: job and going to start working for yourself? Okay, so teaching was not the thing for me. Just like outside of my desire to sail, I quit teaching because I didn't fit in that little box of... And I mean, my mom's a teacher, love the profession. It's a beautiful job. But I just didn't fit, fit in that little box of getting up at the same time every day and doing the same thing every day and kind of just living in between recess bells, you know? So when I quit teaching, I started coaching sports teams full-time. I, as I told you, I was an athlete for many, many years in artistic swimming. So I taught... Um, well, I coached artistic swimming all the way to international competitions. So I did that full-time for three years. And um, when COVID hit, we started to do a lot of online thing. And there was a lot of mindset things involved. And of course, coaching like high-level athletes required me to learn a lot about performance mindsets and sports psychology and all of that. And so when we got closer, my partner and I to moving on the sailboat, it was time to think about how I would transition my sports coaching online. And what I identified was that the mindset aspect of it was really what was driving me. Like It wasn't so much about seeing my athletes perform physically as seeing their mind expanding. So yeah, I started for looking, I started to look for like job opportunities or coaching opportunities, like giving conferences or workshops. So I did it in the sports world for a little while, like giving conferences to other coaches and then kind of just helping athletes with their mindset and then slowly transition more to entrepreneurs because and I'm sure you connect with me on this. There's so many similarities between sports and entrepreneurship and business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this kind of just this transition just happened very naturally. And then got extra training in like neuroscience and body language and many, many, many other things to be able to support entrepreneurs. So yeah, I mean, it's still evolving every day, right? But right now I have um, four different streams of income that allow me to support myself. One of them is working in a coaching collective. So we are nine coaches, all certified in different areas of business who come together to support people who want to... Build and scale a sustainable remote based business. So basically, helping other people become digital nomads. And I just love this coaching collective because it brings me back to that sports coaching moment of my life where when you coach a sports team, it's never just you. It's never one coaching guru who knows everything, right? I was working with a choreographer, I was working with a nutritionist, with a massage therapist, with a physiotherapist, with a strength and conditioning expert, uh, with a sports psychologist, with a biomechanical engineer who would like tell us in terms of power, how to position our legs and arms to get like the highest out of the water that we could. So we were a whole team gravitating around these athletes and I wanted to be a part of something that was like that, but for business. So that's what I found at the Zaniel Traveler as part of this coaching collective.
1: I always love hearing, you know, how people are, are fueling their dreams, right? Because I feel personally i feel like sometimes it's so easy to get trapped in this this mindset in this this frame of like it has to be one thing or it has to look a certain way in order for it to feel like it's successful or whatever and i think when it comes to building a business you really love but also just living life on your own terms like it can look however the hell we need it to look or want it to look and so like just thinking of myself like business coach I definitely am feeling this pull lately where I'm like oh maybe I want to like explore a little bit over here or try this other thing uh, and I feel like for some reason I have to stay in this little box and I know I don't but <laughs> but I'm just like you know keep coming back to that so I really appreciate and love when I hear that people are you know doing it however they need to do it and maybe that means it's a couple different avenues that they're working in so can you talk a little bit about you just mentioned one um, through Zenial Travel. Tra- is it travels or travelers? Uh, Zenial Traveler. Traveler. Um, what are some of the other ways you are building your business and, and supporting your, your dreams?
0: One thing I do want to say is that it's really important if you are someone who wants to build multiple streams of income is to build one at the time. Because I see a lot of like multi-passionate, multi-dimensional people that just kind of throw themselves and try to start 16 projects at the same time. But what I did for me is that I built one partnership at the time, made sure it was sustainable, growing, stable, and that it would bring me financial stability right before I made the big move to move on a sailboat. Another way that I do is that I have a partnership with a wellness app, which again, kind of a similar vibe of being many different experts. And the people who registered to this app have obviously workouts, but they also have uh, nutrition tips. Um, they have tips from a massage therapist. And then they have me, which helps them with their emotional fitness which I think is really fun because it comes down kind of like it connects my love for sports coaching, for mindset and also living on a boat. I go through so many scary moments, stressful moments or moments where I just need to come from a growth mindset perspective. So I give them tricks on how to train their nervous system to handle more, handle more success, handle more joy, but also handle more stress and risk. So I release a quick video on that on that app um, every week, which I get paid for. And that's great because Those are pre-recorded videos. So you know, if I have a day where I have a good setup, I set up my tripod and my camera and my mic, I can record 10 videos and then I'm good for 10 weeks. So that's another source. Another source is that I have my own networking app for Francophone entrepreneurs. So any entrepreneur who speaks French and feels isolated and wants to connect with other entrepreneurs and play and brainstorm and collaborate, that's another one of my sources of income that is right now growing like crazy because I, I think a lot of people need more human connection right now. That's something I built in November and then launched in January. And now I have no social media built for it yet. No ads, no paid ads, nothing. And it's growing at almost like six new members every week. Um, so that's going really, really well. And then what else? What else? What else? <laughs> I think my next project is that with two other friends, we're going to be... We just built a drop shipping business for phone accessories. So that's going to be coming up soon, but I want to make sure that everything is automated and going well with the networking, first of all. So basically, the possibilities are endless, but just yeah, build one project at a time.
1: Oh my gosh, I love all of that. Thank you for sharing that. Because I think it's really important. And again, I just feel like sometimes we think like it has to be one thing and it doesn't, but also great just disclaimer and note to like build what you're building really well first and then and then maybe branch out. And I think that's really, really important because it's so easy to get pulled in so many different directions and then you kind of end up doing most things kind of half-assed. So, <laughs> and I'm guilty of this, so
0: I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also a question of sustainability is that you want whatever you build, you want it to last through time, whether it's a relationship, a collaboration, you want it to last through time. You don't want instant success, right? You don't want to be that person who makes a million in her first two years in business, but then spends it all and then doesn't make any money anymore and then have to go back to zero. You want to be that person who started with a 20K year and then a 50K year and then build up to that one million and is able to to handle that kind of success and money long term. You need to become that person, not just make a million tomorrow and then burn it.
1: Before we jump back into the episode, we're going to take a quick break so I can share an awesome resource with you that's totally free right now. Do you have a highly active or busy brain? Big hand raise over here for me. I was a major overthinker for most of my life, and I felt like I was always in my head. And even though I don't want to change how quickly I can mentally process things, because let's be honest, it's kind of a superpower... What ended up happening was I was completely disconnected from my body and therefore from myself, which then led to underlying feelings of anxiety, restlessness, and dis-ease in my body and in my mind. It's the body that holds all the answers and the clarity that we seek in our life, in our business, relationships, bank accounts, you name it. So I knew I needed to quiet my mind long enough to be able to connect within to get the answers and the clarity I was seeking. And as much as I tried over the years, traditional forms of meditation just never really stuck for me. So after years of trying all kinds of things, I finally found a few that work really well for my busy brain. And I created a quick video where I share three simple practices that help you quiet the mind and all the chatter and slow down long enough so you can tap into and hear what's really important. So you can go to LizLandine.com slash playground and download the video, which is totally free right now. And I promise if you have an active brain like I do and you're open to trying something new, this video is going to kickstart a really powerful shift for you in how you think and in how you feel. And while you're on the webpage, check out all the other resources I've created to support you on your life and business journey. As you get curious, as you follow the breadcrumbs and as you live and experience life connected to yourself, and therefore connected to everything. All right. Now let's get back into the episode. I have a couple of questions I want to ask about running a business out at sea and being a digital nomad. Do you see any like current or future trends that are happening within the digital nomad
0: space? Ooh. Well, definitely, it's becoming a lot more popular. I think COVID really helped for this in a sense that it's more accessible. Work online feels more accessible. There's also Starlink that was released fairly recently. So it is more and more popular. A lot of people are looking for remote jobs. I would say more so than people who want to build remote businesses. Some countries are starting to do uh, digital nomad visas, which I think is super, super smart from them. Like I think Portugal mm-hmm. is starting this pilot project where you can get a one-year visa if you're a digital nomad. So I think the countries that will do that will open their doors, there's definitely something good coming for them. And um, yeah, the travel industry is growing so much. There's definitely an attraction for travel that's coming. And yeah, I think that's I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Those are all things I hadn't really thought of before or with the digital
0: nomad visas. That sounds so interesting. That's really neat. Another, uh, while we're added, another good tip if anyone's considering of becoming a digital nomad and thinking about what's good and upcoming, we switched our insurance to Safety Wing. Safety Wing is an insurance. I think it's from one of the Scandinavian countries. Um, they build it specifically for digital nomads, and they know that we're a young crowd, so it's very inexpensive. I think it's forty two U. S. dollars per month, and I'm covered for everything. And it's one of the rare health insurance that covers you even for scuba diving. Wow. That was probably one of the biggest hacks I found this year. And yeah, great insurance, great service. It's cheap. It works everywhere except your home country. And you can activate it even if you're out of your home country, which is very rare for health insurance for Canada anyways. Mm, Very cool. That's a great tip. All right. I'll put that in the show notes for sure. So,
1: okay, let's talk about internet real quick. So you're running this business, you're running multiple businesses, you are moving from place to place, you're out at sea a lot of the time. Uh, how do you get internet? Are you using Starlink or what's your internet situation like?
0: So for us, because we planned our first, our first year as a digital nomad, well, we actually started our year in South Korea. Fun fact, we spent a little bit over a month in South Korea, we then moved to Europe came back to Canada, and then we flew to Trinidad and Tobago, started our journey there, sailed about 10 Caribbean islands up north and then sailed back south. So each of those countries, of course, we kind of had a different strategy. For South Korea, it's absolutely amazing. When you get to the airport, you can rent a like small portable router. And it was about $30 for a month. And we had unlimited internet wherever we went. We just put it in our backpack and we could go, hiking or we could go work from a park or from anywhere. We always had our little internet thing with us. That was really awesome. In France, we got an eSIM. So you can Google that. You can just get an eSIM card, which is not a physical SIM card. It's a like virtual SIM card that you can get and then activate it onto your phone. And then here for the Caribbean, at first, before going getting up to Martinique, what we did is that we got a new SIM card on each island, which was very tiring, obviously. but uh, once you get to Martinique, you can get a Digicel Caribbean uh, SIM card, which works in almost all the Caribbean islands from, well, all the Caribbean islands from Grenada up to St. Martin's. So that was about 50... Yeah, it was 59 euros per month. And we had 240 gigs of data per month.
1: Wow, that is so cool. This is going to be gold for anybody who's thinking about traveling or, you know, just just hitting the road and... And getting out there and uh, exploring a little bit more if they are entrepreneurs, all of that is just really, really helpful. So thanks for sharing that.
0: Yeah, of course. Anything that can
1: help. Yeah. And then I also want to ask, because you've mentioned a partner a few times. So I'm just curious to to hear kind of how it works I mean, because you're living, you're working, you're playing from the sailboat with a partner is what it sounds like. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Yes. So how does this work? (laughs) (laughs) Because such close quarters. (laughs) Um, I've asked this question, you know, with some people I've had in the past that are doing, you know, van life and that kind of thing. And I always just, I love asking it because, you know, it's, it's just interesting to me. And so I know there's always pros and cons and all of that. But anything that's come up for you guys that really is like, maybe a great tip or a great lesson learned or something you want to share about it?
0: Yeah, uh, I would definitely recommend doing what we did, which was get some therapy before any issues arise because issues will arise. Like it will happen. You will get into fights, let's be honest. Uh, and if you're not getting into fights, it probably means that you're not communicating enough. So get, get some support and get some help in that, that area before you leave. That's been really helpful for us. Uh, invest in a really good um, sound blocking headphones so that you can have a moment all to yourself. You know, sometimes when we're both on calls on the boat, it gets a bit intense. So that's definitely been something. And then just be really honest with one another about what you need and what your routines are. Like, I know in the morning, we don't talk. We wake up in the morning and I go and I jump in the water. That's my routine. And then I journal. My partner likes to get up and meditate right away. So we've kind of created our own little routines to make sure that we're both well. What else is there to say? I would say like this experience has both like really tested our relationship and at the same time deepened and like straightened it. Yeah, that was one of the biggest gifts of the season.
1: Well, and kind of, I mean, just this whole idea of balance and finding harmony. How do you also find that then just between you and your work? So I find that many times it can be a little bit of a challenge when we're trying to build a business, but we're also doing it in an environment like we want to spend as much time outdoors and doing things we love and having fun. But we also have to build our businesses and we have to make money. Do you have any thoughts just around maybe, again, either lessons learned or things that have worked well for you or, or yeah, things you've learned along the way around finding that harmony or that balance between working and
0: playing? Oh, I'm such a good example of that. Uh, I embrace that fully. And I actually made a post about that recently. There was some people writing about overwhelm in their business and all of that. And like my well-being will always come before the growth of my business. And because my business was built sustainably and not in a rush, like I know I could be making more money right now, but I'm choosing not to because I'm choosing to prioritize my well-being. And that's a conscious choice. So right now I work Monday to Friday. Uh, on the weekend, I never touch my computer nor my phone. My boundaries are so important to me. And I only do video calls or phone calls or anything with other humans Tuesday to Thursday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are kind of like my work from a cafe, you know, computer days. And then Monday and Friday are reserved for things that can be done offline, like content creation or brainstorming or accounting, <laughs> anything like that. And then if that day I have an opportunity to go hike a waterfall or go on a scuba dive or go spear fishing or snorkeling, then I get to choose what I do Monday and Friday, which I think is really, really helps with my work-life balance this year. And also, I mean, life in a boat just has... It's a bit more complicated than life in a house. So laundry takes like six hours because you need to pack up your laundry, take your Zodiac, your dinghy you know, to shore, find the laundromat and then hang out at the laundromat for four or five hours and then bring all that back to your boat. So Mondays and Fridays can also be days de- dedicated to taking care of Yellowbird, cleaning her up, doing laundry, running errands, stuff like that. I love the idea of the Tuesday
1: through Thursday. I do that too. That's what I save for like calls and Zooms and client meetings. And then my Mondays and Fridays are just for me to to do whatever I need to do kind of more admin wise, but also to have play if I want. Uh, So I love that too. I think that works really, really well. I would love to get to a point where I don't touch my computer or my phone on the weekends. I'm not there yet. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Um, But I think those are goals for sure. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. All right. So I'm curious, do you see yourself living on a boat forever? Like, is this the long-term goal? Is this just what's working for you guys now? Do you have any other plans or... I don't know, just uh, where you might want to go after the boat, if if there is after boat.
0: Yeah. Um, So we actually have a fun project for the summer because it's hurricane season, right? And we have some repairs to do on the boat. We're hauling out and we're flying back to Canada and actually got sort of my dream job by accident. So I'm going to be running all of my businesses while working full time this summer. I know it's going to be a little crazy, but I believe in myself and the power of automation. Well, the summer, I'm going to be managing a huge summer camp. It's 200 acres of nature, 50 horses, uh, a team of five coordinators, 35 counselors, kids, zip lines, canoes, rafting, air games, rock climbing, archery, all of that. Just put all of that in one space. I'm going to be there. So I'm going to be playing with kids and um, inspiring You know, the leaders of tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so that's going to be my summer. And then we're coming back to the boat on in September. And then September, we'll be uh, repairing Yellowbird and going at it for another sailing season. And I think mm. our current plans are to sell her after that second sailing season and then kind of figure out if we're purchasing a second boat, which I think we will. We'd like to get something a bit bigger and more comfortable because she's pretty small. And then we're also open to purchasing a boat somewhere else in the Caribbean, obviously. So maybe, who knows, maybe we'll be purchasing a boat in Croatia and sell the Mediterranean at the end of 2024.
1: <laughs> wow, so many possibilities. It's awesome. Well, kind of just circling back real quick to the whole topic of digital nomad. And, and you, you kind of talked a little bit about this and gave some tips, but I want to just um, open the door again in case if anything else comes up. Just advice you might have for anyone who's, you know, feeling this call like like you, like me, you know, where we really were just feeling like uh, the box we were in <laughs> was getting tighter and tighter. And uh, and so they're looking for a change or they're looking to do something different. And the digital nomad life kind of calls to them. Where would you say is maybe the best place for them to, to start?
0: Mm. So I would say go out and meet people. I think networking and meeting more people who who will just bring you a different perspective on life and different opportunities will come up. And then one day you're going to meet someone who who does something and it's going to connect you to another idea. And you're going to say, Oh my God, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to work on a cow farm in Italy, or I don't know, you know, I, something's going to come up. And then once you got that idea in your brain, find someone who's done what you want to do. So let's say that you're a family and what you want to do is... I don't know, RV life in the States, connect with another family who's doing exactly that. And meeting this person that is where you want to be is what will give you clarity as to what the next steps need to be. And it's also what will reinforce the belief that it's possible for you too. So yeah, I would say if someone's feeling the, the call to be a digital nomad, figure out what kind, what kind of digital nomading you want to do. Do you want to work? abroad? Do you want to house-sit? Do you want to do Airbnb? Do you want to just do backpacking? Is it for a year? Is it forever? And find someone who's done exactly what you want to do.
1: Mm, I love that. That's really great advice. And I'm going to sit with that and reflect on that myself. So thanks for sharing that. Okay, Vicki. So what about your current situation or your current setup? Are you just absolutely loving right now or you know what's just working really well for you?
0: Okay. What's working really well is that I'm super passionate about all the projects that I'm involved with. I'm so excited about this summer camp gig because that's kind of my long-term vision. 10 years from now, if you ask me where I want to be 10 years from now, I'd like to own a big piece of land somewhere in Canada by the water where I can have my own summer camp and I could do team building and I could play all day outdoors. And then I would run the camp from, let's say, May to September. In Canada, and then fly out to a sailboat somewhere else in the world, and be on my sailboat from like October to, you know, April. That would be my dream life. So that's what's working for me. What is not working for me is that sometimes I want things to go faster, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) I judge myself in my process, and I, you know, yeah, sometimes I don't respect the like natural rhythm of things. So I'm learning to, and I mean, the island time obviously (laughs) is teaching me to slow down and be patient and know that everything comes at the right time and to look back and see all the progress, the mental progress, the financial progress, all of that is happening exactly when it's supposed to happen. And I don't need to be, I don't need to rush anything. That's kind of what what I'm sitting into Mm. at the moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Divine timing. That's been a big one for me too over this past year or so, because I'm the same way. I like to have I like to have all the answers right now and and everything figured out right now. So you're right. I think it's a, it's a, a great one to, to sit with. And, um, I would imagine, like you said, kind of island time and the sea and just being in nature, like just the natural rhythms of things, um, you're in a perfect, a perfect place to, to kind of let, let divine timing happen for you.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Nature will give you that, right? Nature has so much wisdom to give us. And I'm just really grateful that I get to be in such close proximity to it. You know, every day, like life on a boat, you have to be connected to nature. Your day is going to be different if it if it rains today or if it's windy or, you know, there's some nights that we don't get any sleep because the boat is too rocky or the sea is too roly. you know? So it just, it keeps you connected to cycle, to moon cycles, to the tide, all those things you have to be connected to. All right.
1: So as we start to wrap up, tell people where can they find you on social media? Where can they learn more about you and the work that you do?
0: Yeah, I'm on all social media platforms. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I do live on Instagram though. I really really like it there. So those are all great ways to find me. My handle is always my name. So I'm sure you can find that in the show notes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I host a monthly free networking event for any remote-based entrepreneurs. So if you want to connect with other digital nomads or other people that have freedom of time and location in their businesses, um, yeah, I'd love for people to come to that. Oh,
1: I think I have to check it out. That sounds really cool.
0: (laughs) Come network. Come. I will, I will.
1: Cool. All right. Well, as we kind of close out, I'll ask my final question. So, you know, I'm a business strategy and action coach. And so my hope in why I started this podcast is really to inspire people to take action towards their own dreams and goals and really to feel like it's possible and to, to see how other people are doing it and really to not just dream about doing things, but to, to do it and then to be it. So with that in mind, I'd love to close out with an action challenge. So what's one thing you want people to get out there and do in pursuit of their own
0: dreams and goals? So Vicki, what's your action challenge to our listeners? I want you to go out there and have an uncomfortable conversation because I think that success comes from, you know, making yourself uncomfortable, doing things that you're scared of. And just like Tim Ferriss says, uh, you can measure your success by the amount of uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. So, whether that's to follow up with a prospect, whether that's to sit with your partner and speak what is present for you, speak your truth, whether it's to And a relationship that's no longer serving you to talk to someone that inspires you so much that you've been following her social media for months, but you haven't connected with. Just, yeah, your action step is to go out there and have one uncomfortable conversation. I love that. And I can't think
1: of a better way to close out than with a Tim Ferriss quote. So perfect. (laughs) We we will put uh, all the ways that our listeners can learn more about you and your work in the show notes. And then... Just big, big thank you for sharing your adventures and your journey with us, Vicki. It's been so fun, so inspiring talking with you. Keep living your life on your terms and of course, happy adventuring. Thank you, Liz. Hey friends, before we wrap up, I wanted to share a gentle reminder that one of the main reasons I started this podcast was to not only live my own inspired life, but to inspire you to do the same and to ultimately take massive action towards your own dreams and goals. So if you're enjoying this podcast and find the content valuable, please subscribe on Apple podcast. And I genuinely enjoy hearing from you. So please be sure to leave a review. If you're on Instagram. I'd love to connect. So follow at Liz Landine. And if you want to support me in the podcast further, you can show your support by one shopping with our sponsors and two becoming a Patreon member of the outdoor entrepreneur. You get some really awesome perks for being a member, including early access, exclusive bonus episodes, social media shout outs, and even a free business idea brainstorming call with me. All right, until next time, be sure to live life on your terms. And if you're not, make a plan and make it happen, my friends. Adventure awaits and it's all yours.